On this episode of the Principal Insights Podcast, we'll hear the perspectives of two high school assistant principals discussing their career paths, leadership during COVID, ways to best engage staff and students, and thoughts about how to continue to improve student school experiences during these very challenging days in the history of public education. As always, thank you for listening to this podcast. The United States Bureau of Labor Statistics reports that there are at least 270,000 elementary, middle, and high school principals in our nation. At least one-third of that number serves in the crucial capacity of assistant principal. On this episode of Principal Insights, we will hear the perspectives and ideas of Watertown High School's two assistant principals, Nicole Cody and Tom Hogreef. With their experience and expertise, they will share their ideas about leading schools and assisting students during this third disrupted year of school that we've had due to the ongoing pandemic. So let's start by talking about your career path to being assistant principal. Sure, so I became an assistant principal six years ago. Um, before I was an assistant principal, I was a high school social studies teacher at Pomperog. And through my time there, I was there for 12 years. I was able to take part in a lot of different opportunities um, that a lot of the teachers had to explore other options for furthering my career. Um, I was always interested in curriculum and, and learning and teaching and um, instructional practices that would be most helpful for students to learn best. So initially that was the route I took as far as getting my master's in secondary education curriculum. And then um, as I was teaching, um, my principal at the time approached me and asked if I wanted to be a dean of students which means that I would start to kind of handle some of the lower level discipline um, that students engaged in. And it was something that I didn't really consider before, uh, but I took on the challenge and I fell in love with talking to students about making better choices and kind of the psychology aspect to it. And so when I went for my certification become a high school administrator, I decided that being assistant principal would be the best fit for me at that time. And so far, I love it. So I, um, I've been an assistant principal. This is my eighth year now. Um, I started out as a middle school uh, science teacher, um, teaching eighth grade on an eighth grade team. Um, and then over the course of the years, um, switched back and forth between seventh seventh grade team and then a seventh and eighth grade split team um, uh, teaching on various types of sciences um, and then slowly you know over time I became um, more involved with the leadership side of school so became a team leader um, and as well as the science department chair um, was on some vertical teams um, for curriculum in the district um, and then you know start, went back and you know worked on my worked on my O92 to to be an administrator, um, and then after 14 years of that, I had the opportunity to um, have an interim stint as um, assistant principal at 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 the middle school, um, which I really enjoyed that opportunity and, and, and really learned a lot 
um, about the role of, of an assistant principal and administrator and, and overseeing staff and staff and students. Um, and after that opportunity, um, there was an opening um, here at the high school where I came up to the high school um, as, as an assistant principal. And, and I've been here ever since. Thanks for that. If you could give advice to a brand new assistant principal, what would it be? So, I mean, I would, there's a lot of advice that I could, <laughs> I could give. Um, but I think probably um, the most important um, bit of advice would be is just to listen, take everything in, um, don't don't jump to conclusions on things. Um, so whether it's meetings, teachers, students, other administrators, um, really listen to what's going on. Um, so you so you have a very good um, idea. Um, of what's going on, not only in your building, but but as a district. Um, second piece of advice, just get to know the kids. Talk with the kids as much as possible and, and get to know them and build those relationships with them. Yeah, I would agree with Mr. Hogreef. I think that listening is really important. When you are a new administrator of any type, um, especially assistant principal, you come in and you want to be able to help problem solve. But sometimes instead of that instinct to jump in and solve the problem right away, sometimes you have to listen to all perspectives. So that way um, you're fully aware of what's going on. So if a teacher, let's say, writes a student up for something that happens in the classroom, getting the student's perspective and like Mr. Hogre said, listening to um, what's going on is really important. When things get really escalated, my advice for an assistant principal would be, especially when we're, you have to multitask, a lot of things will sometimes come up at the same time. Um, they do say when it rains, it pours, and it really does. Um, so you have to really make sure that you kind of gauge the temperature of a room and make sure that you don't contribute to anything that's escalated. Sometimes students in certain situations when things are chaotic can be very escalated. And then if you try to engage in a confrontation or you try to have the power over the student in that way, it never really helps anything. Sometimes if you're calmer, it really helps to de-escalate a student and you can problem solve together versus trying to have a, you know, some type of match where somebody is you know, trying to be more important than the other person in the moment in a conversation and it becomes a power struggle versus an opportunity to figure out what's going on and help the student. So I think sometimes it's just, it's very easy to become escalated yourself when, you're, when you find yourself in an escalated situation, you really have to be the person to set the, the tone of the room and make sure that, you know, just because the situation is urgent doesn't mean that you have to react to that, that you have to really consider all of the things that you need to consider in order to make an appropriate decision moving forward. Thank you. One thing that we live with every day, not only at our school, but certainly throughout our nation and the world is the impact of COVID on schools. So talk about how you think COVID has changed public schools in your opinion. COVID has definitely changed public schools, um, in my opinion. I think, you know, when we're looking at instructional practices that are most engaging and authentic for students, with that comes the opportunity um, for more consistent group work and problem solving together. 
peer-to-peer -peer conversations in the classroom and innovation in that way. Um, it's hard to do that behind a mask. It's also hard to, it seems, I don't know, for whatever reason, even though, you know, it seems like a mask, like why would a mask hold you from really getting to know a student? But there's the boundaries that are set that are a little more um, important than, than usual physically as far as like, getting in somebody's personal space, you know, stopping and, and talking to a student and, and sitting in a group and helping them in that way in person even is, is hard in COVID. Um, people are afraid that somebody's gonna expose somebody and it you know, becomes a whole thing and people have to quarantine. So there's the regulations make it difficult. However, I think in times where there is difficulty, I, I like to look for opportunity. And the opportunity that we've had is that we've been all forced to be more um, tech savvy. And I think that that's a great thing because before COVID, not every teacher even had a Google Classroom. And now everybody is online. Um, you know, there's a lot of innovation in that way. Today, I was in a class where um, students were engaging in a Skype call um, with a scientist um, talking about lions in Tanzania for their research project. So there are things that, and opportunities that we really didn't consider before that now are just a normal part of life. And I think that that's a really positive thing. Um, unfortunately, with that positive, there are negative things like physical space and, and, and quarantining and all that type of stuff. Um, also, gives us challenges because I think the mental health issues are escalated more than ever. And it's just a hard time for everybody. So having the resources and providing that support for students has really been on the, you know, forefront of our minds and the primary function of our jobs lately. And obviously we wanna be there for students and staff um, to the best of our ability, but it's just a trying time with that, so. I would agree. I mean, it, you know, there's been a big negative impact um, on schools, but there's also been some positive impact as well. Um, just in, you know, in terms of the negative impact, you know, students um, just losing, you know, the social interactions with one another in the classroom and, and how to talk with their peers and talk with their teachers in person and things of that. I feel like students have really suffered from that and they're slowly getting back to being able to interact with one another appropriately. But, you know, it was it was a struggle for students to be back in the same classroom, having to talk with one another, actually have a dialogue, not through a computer screen or or over a phone, you know, actually actually being in person, um, you know, and I think just another impact from it is just the social emotional um, impact on students as a whole. Um, just dealing with a pandemic and, and being home and family who who are sick or perhaps have passed away from it and students having to you know work when they should be homeschooling but they have to help provide for the family it's just it's it's brought a lot to light in my eyes that of struggles that students and families um, have gone through um, on the positive side though I I do think you know it you know um, we are a little more tech savvy. I, I would agree with Ms. Cody. And um, you know, every student has a Chromebook now, and teachers are some teachers are doing some really cool, innovative technological things, um, you know, through Google Classroom or other um, you know websites or apps that teachers are using to really um, embellish the instruction and to, to make that learning um, more authentic for the students. So. Um, there's, there's been a little, little bit of both, but it's definitely had an impact on schools. 
Thanks for that. So even while we were leading through a crisis over the last two years, we still continue to think about improving our school. So the next question for you is, if you could change one thing about traditional secondary schooling, what would it be? Good question. Um, traditional secondary schooling. I, I think um, we'd, we'd have to think more outside the box in terms of education for the for these students. Um, you know, not everyone is equipped to um, you know go to college right after school. Some students are going to enter the military. Some are going to go right into the workforce. But I think um, I see more and more students that are struggling to um, make it day to day in a comprehensive normal high school setting. Um, and I think having different types of settings for students that cater to their needs um, would be very, very beneficial. Um, and I think we can help see students, um, those students that are that are struggling in a, in a typical traditional high school setting um, begin to flourish um, with some with some alternative types of settings. I would agree with Mr. Hogreef, and to add to that, I think the idea of compliance comes out of traditionary traditional secondary schooling. Um, the idea of you know traditionally teachers give information, students um, do with what they're asked with it, and then they give it back, so kind of like input output, almost like a factory model. Um, as far as education is concerned. And I'm not saying that that's what we do here at Watertown High School, but when you think about a traditional secondary high school setting that, you know, I went to school, my parents went to school, et cetera. Um, you have kind of like lecture, spit it back, lecture, spit it back. And I think that um, sometimes with that being said, students are so worried about and, and, and prioritize compliance over risk-taking as far as, you know, um, contributing to class discussion or a task and activity where they can take it to the next level, but they're afraid to step out, like Mr. Ogre said, step outside of the box and try something. And I think with that, if we have more of that and there's more innovation and there's more engagement and it's you know more authentic learning environment where students can thrive in that way um, when things interest them. And it's kind of, I think it provides for a deeper learning experience if students have the opportunity to kind of break free from that compliance. Obviously we want students to follow rules in school. Is that what I'm saying? But you know, when you're learning that innovation would be fostered by kind of breaking out of that compliance. Yeah, so what I heard you both talking about was some form of engagement. And as you know, that's part of our theory of action in terms of engaging employees uh, leading to engaging students. So for our final question today, talk about engaging or motivating both teachers and students. What has worked in your experience? When it comes to motivating teachers and students, from my experience, it's, um, and I think this goes back to what Mr. Hogreef said initially, um, when we were talking about what our favorite part of the job is, or if you give advice, listening. If you really listen to students and teachers when they have concerns or um, just as a part of the learning process itself, I think people sometimes just need to feel heard and know that you genuinely care about what they have to say. And I always tell students, you know, it's, it's important to be part of the solution instead of part of the problem when it comes to some kind of 
um, issue or concern or conflict. And I think that if students and teachers know that you truly are there for the right reasons and you really do want to help them succeed in whatever they're doing, I think that that's the most important thing to motivate them. But then also with that being said, helping them to understand um, why they do the things they do and how they best learn or how they best teach and what intrinsically motivates them and help them work to their best potential in that avenue. I would, um, I would agree with that. I think also having, you know, just real and authentic conversations with, with teachers and students about, um, you know, what does engaging instruction look like? Um, you know, things that we see that um, they're doing very well or things that we think they, um, you know, could improve on or try something different or what perhaps what would it look look like if we did it this way um not in you know we're out to get you sort of thing but just we're, we're working on this um you know together um to to help improve the experience um for students um in you know their their educational educational experience um and i think doing doing that um having that more engaging learning and motivating motivating those teachers to give students the best experience possible I think naturally students will become more more motivated to to um, take ownership of their of their own education, um, invest in their education, um, and want to do the best that they can um, because they they see that the people around them um, really care about them um, and their education. Um, from you know just kind of like we're just all one big family, um, and we are in this together, and we all have the same. Um, common cause that or we want all our students students to be successful. I want to thank you both for participating today and your insights were definitely welcomed and excellent. Thank you. Thanks for having us. I enjoyed this. Thank you very much. We hope that this conversation has provided you with some food for thought as well as some relevant connections to your own work. Thank you for listening to Principal Insights.